Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right. Welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons in studio, the architect of amplification, Randy Angston in the house. How are you, Randy? Super stoked for today. (laughs) (laughs) Got a special guest today, one of our speakers from the FitPro Growth Summit, Mike Elfgott's here. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Is this your uh, is this your first podcast you've ever been on? Uh, it's my second one. Rick and I did something together. Uh, Rick Mayo. Uh, hmm. Gosh, it was the fitness. That guy gets something. that guy's got his hands in everything. Yeah, Rick everyone. Mayo. Yeah. Rick, come on, man. <laughs> Spread it out. So, reason I I negotiated with you to like have yeah. you come out. You you had every reason. You were like, hey, I'm busy, family stuff. And I was like, dude, you just got to be here. Your story impresses me quite a bit. It's just, a, it's an amazing story and I'm gonna let you get into it. But at the end of the day, you've got a guy here and probably you and a partner, I think, yep. that have scaled their Anytime Fitness locations to 21 locations, just the two of you plus your team. Right. And then in one fell swoop, boom, sold 20 of them to one investor. One, one gentleman, yep, yep. And here he is. He's he's rocking out the last one. I feel like, I feel like you kept that one just because you wanted to stay in the biz, keep your hands on the pulse a little bit. Yeah, it gives me a reason to test a few things. Yep. Sure. And so here you are, and I've just got to hear the story, man. So that's why. So thank you for coming to the yeah, event tomorrow for sure, and being a guest on our show, man. Well, I appreciate you actually. You know, Mike, let's get on the phone. Let's <laughs> talk this through. I really think that it would benefit you to be here and. And anyways, I'm glad I'm glad we talked, and I'm glad, I'm glad I'm here. Well, you know, Anytime Fitness is going through a really interesting transition right now, right? They're transitioning from convenience to mm-hmm. convenience plus coaching, right? And so, you know, this whole deal, this you know, tomorrow and Saturday or Friday, I'm yeah. sorry, Saturday, it'll be all about how personal training studios crush it. Right? Yeah, and so absolutely. I want to I want to learn. I want to operate great, more like a studio, a little bit less like a gym, still like a gym, but more like a studio. Yep. Yeah, sure. and we do have about six Anytime Fitness guys coming to the event, and I'm sure a few of them are because of yep. you, like you told people about it, so I appreciate that, but let's dive deep into the story. Well, hold on here. <laughs> yes, let's dive deep into the story. We'll circle back to some other stuff. I want to hear how you got into like when your first one started it, and then the whole path into here we are today. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, it's an interesting story. There's actually three of us. It's uh, me, John Spence, and uh, Chris Slater. He's the third business partner. Okay, very cool. Yeah, yeah. So John and I met at working at a bigger health club chain called Fitworks in uh, okay. Cincinnati, uh, Ohio, Kentucky uh, area. And it was always his dream to really open up a gym. I was 21 years old. He says to me, hey, man, you want to do this? That's cool. And I said, yeah, sure. Yeah. I need a job. Sounds good. <laughs> what year was this? This was in 2003. Yeah, we just we just basically dated him. Yeah, exactly. Anybody, anybody yeah. that wants to do the math, you can go backwards and figure out how old God knows we that. won't do the math, but somebody will. <laughs> All right, um, so 2003, 21 years old. John, yeah. your buddy, comes up and says, hey, let's open a gym, bro. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, and we were already working in the gym. We'd realized that we weren't, like, we didn't want to be operating a big box club because we weren't, we didn't feel like we could be helpful as much as we wanted to, like so many members and uh, so much BS working for a big a box club. So we said, hey, listen, do you want to do our own thing? And or do we do you want to do this thing together? And I said, absolutely. It, it that The worst thing you can do, by the way, with a sales guy is mess up his paycheck. Uh-oh. And so like around that time, of course, perfect timing. The company I was working for, they messed up my check and I said, F it, I'm done. Yeah. I, uh, Are you so money driven as sales? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, but that was that. I, you know, I didn't really know what this thing is going to turn out to. I never said that, uh, hey, when I grow up, I'm going to own a bunch of gyms. It wasn't like that at all. I was pretty good at selling fitness. And he wanted to do this thing. I said, yeah, man, all right, sounds good. Let's do it. In fact, I, I quit my job before he did. It was uh, about a three or four week period before he actually came down to do work with me. I'm like, dude, are you coming down? Like, what's, the, <laughs> what's, what's the deal here? He was yeah. waiting to tie up some things. Anyway. Yeah. So but I didn't really start taking it seriously until we had about four or five clubs, though. That's when I really started taking. Oh, it okay. So you just <laughs> just just four clubs. Just four five, yeah. You know. Well, what, what happened? So what happened was, you know, I was 21 years old, and so John says to me, "Hey, man, if you do this thing with me, I will give you 50 percent mm-hmm. of zero. Oh, thanks. 
Appreciate it. Like you're a real gentleman. (laughs) And listen, if you stick with me for 12 months, you can get 5% ownership of Anytime Fitness, right? So over a period of 15 years, somewhat uh, even partners in the whole thing. So even back then, you were going into as Anytime Fitness. Yes. Okay. So when he made that decision, when you guys made the decision, it was out of FitWorks was the big box. You you saw this franchise because in 2003, that was in the early. nothing. Yeah. How many franchises were Gosh, there? Gosh, when we signed our franchise, I want to say there was uh, actually when we opened in 2004, and when we opened January 2004, there must have been 20 to 25 wow. like anytime clubs opened up. Yeah. In wow. fact, we were the first club to open up in the state of, in the state of Indiana. It was Aurora, Indiana, our very first club. Right? So initially, we, have a, we, we formed we have a pioneer. We have a pioneer here. Well, listen, I, and I, you know, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure, and I don't know this. I can't have a way to back. I don't know this. Yeah. Uh, maybe Chuck Runyon would know this. But I'm pretty sure that because at that point, Anytime Fitness was all about convenience, selling memberships. They really didn't want anything to do with PT. And we were always, I, mean, I was the PT guy. That's, yep. that's sure. how John and I met, right? Got it. Uh, anyways, so uh, long story short, it was, I didn't personally didn't start taking it seriously until we had about four or five clubs. It was interesting. I actually, t- I'll talk about that tomorrow. It's like uh, Robert Kiyosaki wrote a really good book called Cash Flow <laughs> Quadrant. No, man. never heard of it. Yeah. No, 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 man. Just, right. just to, <laughs> we well, just, that's like one of the, my that's the book that changed everything for me. No, and we've talked about it on the show quite a bit. Yeah. It's in my book. Like, yeah, so awesome. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't, well, I don't have that in my presentation, by the way. So you're the okay. Cash Flow Quadrant. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about so much about Cash Flow Quadrant as much as when he talks about when you go from, say, the employed square to S square, which is self-employed, right? Mm -hmm. To I, investment, to R, to real estate. Every time you move quadrants, it requires a different skill set. Yep. And uh, when we go, when you go from one to four clubs, you're everything. Like you're wearing all hats, like you're doing all the, right? And then when something changes between five and eight clubs, like you, first of all, you recognize you can't be yet everywhere eight all at the same time. Yeah. At the same time, you recognize that, boy, if I'm not mentoring somebody as we are growing our business, yeah. no one will be able to replace me. That halts your yeah, ability growth. to. Yeah. So anyways, when you go from one to four, it's a different skill set. And if we, when you go from five to, uh, to eight, it's a different skill set. Nine to 12 is a dis- different skill set. Like 13 to 20 is a different skill set. And I'll talk about that. Very interesting. So yeah, I mean, we our goal was to open up five gyms in five years. Okay. We opened up four gyms in five years, which is really cool. Real close, yeah. Yeah, And and then something interesting happens. Like we never had, like John and I never said, okay, we're going to have 21 clubs. That was never the case. (laughs) We wanted five gyms. But what happens is you get really high quality people. You gather them up, if you will. You employ these great, wonderful individuals that want to grow with you. They want to have a career. So the kicker there is when you have a single studio, your good employees, they only see, I can only get so high in this club, correct? in this in organization. And I get it because I have that situation going on here. But when you have five and 10 and 20, they can be ma- regional sure. areas and oversee a m- multiple locations. There's a lot of growth you can have there, yeah. a lot of opportunity. That's right. If, especially if you go laterally. If I was really smart. Okay. I was really smart. Hindsight, let's go. <laughs> really, really smart. I would grow. I would have. We would have grown vertically, and you could have created. We could have created a lot more opportunity vertically rather than uh, laterally. We'll explain open that. Up or lo- more locations. So, for example, right. So, a lot of people think that the only thing you can sell inside of a gym is memberships and personal training. Got it. And that it's all it comes down to. Somebody walks in through the door to buy a membership, or once they buy a membership, then they buy PT. That's all our salespeople think they can sell, and that's not true. There you can sell corporate fit challenge programs. You can sell these six week, eight week, twelve week different types of challenges. You can uh, or so right now we're doing something interesting inside of our the one anytime club we have is we're working with registered dietitian. We're doing mm-hmm. some some interesting wellness program. We're billing insurance companies Ooh, for the work sneaky. that's happening inside like of our. I mean, come on. So like that's a whole different business right there. So really, you got between your between billing your insurance companies, right? Between corporate fit challenges, between some targeting kids that are 12 to 18 years old, targeting people that are 55 and up. Those are all different profit centers that require someone to manage it, to market it and, and to uh, nurture it and to sell it, right? And so yeah. right, if I was really smart, honestly, we would have done we, that. We yeah. sure. You're doing it now. It's a lot easier in one, Yeah, but go ahead. We kind, of, we kind of talked about that previously in the podcast. It's about knowing the avatar problem that you're serving as opposed yeah. to the avatar client. Yeah. Because a lot of that scales. Right. It's just a different way of, of addressing a similar need. Sure. 
Well, and I can tell you that that's actually an interesting point because when we when we were running our gyms, we didn't really have an avid like it. We were just a bunch of cool Every, dudes. Yeah, yeah. Work out with us, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's but man, and, and as we grew and we were up until 2015, 2016, we were all a 30 minute one on one business. It was in 2016, well, 2015, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Something happened, and it required us to. Uh, seriously pivot our business. We were totally exposed. We thought <laughs> we were doing a yeah. really good job with community and relationships, right? And accountability and results. Bullshit. <laughs> if we were, then it wouldn't have affected us anyway. So we pivoted the whole business and that's how actually I found Rick Mayo. Okay. Uh, and we started doing alloy programming. Inside the inside, That's right. That We are sure. totally uh, transitioned from 30-minute one-on-ones into small group and large group PT. Amazing. Uh, and that's why I lost all my hair, and I'll show you some <laughs> You'll show us the old pictures when you're in your 20s? Yeah. I have well, I have one on my uh, in the other office from our grand opening. I look like a kid. Oh, he yeah. has baby face. And, I, I like, mean, it's, it's no gray, nothing. <laughs> that's, that's, and you want to open a gym. That's wisdom. It's <laughs> yeah. wisdom. That's, that's what, what I say. So I'm just hitting my peak right now. Just my peak. I'm ready <laughs> yeah. to go. So The tipping point. Okay, so here we are. What year are we in now? Like 15, 16, something? Yeah, so you, that's right. 2000, there's a lot of interesting things happening. But yeah, 2015, like you talk about when you, I guess I could talk about what happened in 2015. In 2010, 2011, if you would have said to me, hey, Mike, so I guess let me back up. Our business was interesting. 21 clubs, we were doing tremendous amount of revenue, and it was somewhat of an even split. I mean, about 60% of our member revenue was coming from memberships. Basic members, okay. 40% was PT. It was, that's, a, that's a, almost in a that model, pretty good business. That's not normal. No. Correct. That's yeah. not normal in that model. No, no, I would say, and you guys know the statistics probably better than that. I mean, 10, 20, maybe In 15. big box clubs, it's a 6 to 8% penetration from into personal training. And that's, of course, private training, one-on-one. But so even though you're not a big box, technically you're a membership-based club as at your core, you were. So the fact that you were 40% penetration, that's, that's well, like five we times. Well, we were 40% revenue, so not, not necessarily penetration. So here's how we- oh, sure. That's true. Sure. Um, sure. Anyways, yeah, so there's a difference. We'll talk about actually tomorrow how, I'll talk about tomorrow how we manage, how we calculated actually our penetration. Like I think the most basic way to, to calculate penetration would be to take a look at, okay, Randy, I got a thousand members and say, I got 200 personal training clients. Okay. So 200 divided by a thousand, I'm at 20% penetration. Well, I think that's bullshit because I can't learn anything from that number. He, meaning this, if Randy is my PT client, but this dude hasn't been to the gym in the last six months. Yeah, great. He's still paying for it, mm -hmm. but he isn't using it. To me, I shouldn't count him as part of my penetration because yes, I care about the dollars that I generate. What I care more about is whether or not is he going Usage. to renew? Correct. Sure. And is he the only way he'll renew? Yes. Is if he is using his session. So we created actually our own formula and this was our formula. It was We took the last 90 days worth of unique sessions rendered. So if Randy came in to work out 12 times in, let's say in, in a period of three months, he would only get counted once, mm -hmm. for example, right? We took that number and we divided it by green members, okay. meaning our total members. So there's three ways you can increase your penetration based on that. And then you can learn something from this. So first one, brand new clients, that would be one way to increase your penetration. Two, I get a hold of him and get him back into the gym, mm -hmm. right? So the idea is how can I get more and more and more unique members, right, to come into the club or unique clients to mm -hmm. use the facility, right? Or the other way to increase your penetration is just lose members, right? That would uh, lose, <laughs> lose, sure. lose basic sure. members, yeah. Right. But you have to know, though, which one is causing the penetration to go up or go down. That's very smart, yeah. Right? That If I know that, which I did, um, and I do, then I know what is it that I need to pay more attention very cool. to, right? If you were just to count total members divided or to, uh, clients divided by total members, dude, I mean, we have a club that's been open since 2004. I mean, I got clients that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that they just haven't been in in, you know, in 10 years. So let's count them, right? Do you find, like back in the day, obviously now you've sold these, but do you find that when you had these training clients, they were paying a couple hundred bucks a month, they would have never come in for like a year? Sure. Yeah. Well, isn't, that, isn't that crazy? It's awful. It's awful. It's oh, it's terrible. I mean, mm -hmm. and nobody ever sells a membership or a PT program for people not to use it, right? But yeah, like it's, it's nuts, know. huh? Like we've had clients do that, and we're, we're like, we're still calling them yeah. and trying to get them in. Can't give up. Yeah, right. So like that's what they're paying us for. Just I think it makes them feel good that we're calling them to try to remind them. Yeah, yeah, I can go back in when I want. So they're paying for it, but 
Yeah, so I'm with you on that. That's a very cool way to do the penetration. Never never had to, never thought of that because we didn't have the basic membership right. kind of base like you guys did. So, okay, so we're in 16. You're at 21 locations at this point? Yeah, yeah, it's 21 locations. Yeah, 2016. But I, but I, I think this is something noteworthy. Like if I were to, like I've been really thinking a lot based on our conversation you and I had a couple months ago. My like, gosh, what are, like what are some key things that I thought, man, this is what made the difference in our yeah. 21 clubs as we were ramping up, sort of say. And I will say that probably there's two things that I'm thinking about. One is this typically most people managed, and we did the same thing where you had ma- district managers that were managing PT, right? And you had district managers that were ma- managing memberships, right? And that's the way that we also ran. The biggest lesson that we learned that is not a good way to run the business. So if okay. if Randy is my my member my membership DM and uh, Tim is my PT uh, DM, they're both at the club, but they're both working on two different things, and no one takes accountability when the club isn't clean. For example, mm. right? And it's hard to hold people accountable. Anyways, that was a big big shift in our organization, and that actually came from a specific book called Extreme uh, Ownership by Jocko Willis. Jocko, right? Yeah, great book. Yeah. yeah. And he talks about in that book, right, where um, no one Navy SEAL chief or commander, I'm not sure what you would call a guy that's in charge of the other Navy SEALs, was in charge of no more than, you guys remember? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I, have, I, I read a book a week. <laughs> like, there's a million. Six, six SEALs. Okay, right? Six. So, and they're like, okay, and we're thinking, man, okay, if the toughest, smartest mm-hmm. dudes, yeah, like, yeah. what makes me, right? <laughs> yeah, so. And there was, a, there was a guy in the system that was uh, testing this, and it worked really well, for, really well for him. Anyways, when we made that switch, that made a massive, massive okay. impact on our business. And I think if you are going to scale and you have a membership and a personal training business, you got to have one dude that manages both sides of the house, right? And so each one of them had uh, two total clubs where they had about uh, four direct people, essentially, that they Interesting. Were, okay. That they reported to. And so when you're growing these clubs and you're just like, you're at 10, let's just say you're sitting at 10 and you know, I got to take you back into yeah. time here. Yep. What makes you say, hey, it's time for number 11. It's time for number 12. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that made us uh, grow is once again, because we wanted to continue to create opportunity, right, for our people. And I got to tell you, we also got a little ballsy. Like we thought that we yeah. were better than, we have been very humbled sure. <laughs> as we we thought we were better than we actually were, but so we wanted to continue to gobble up more clubs and opportunities uh, came. A lot of people didn't know what the heck they were doing, so we were able to pick up clubs, pennies in the dollar, turn them, and that was good. So that's it. That would be the to answer your question directly. Like, what really made us continue to grow? It wasn't because I wanted more money or Chris or John wanted more money. We were fine. We were yeah. set. It was more so because we had. I mean, things get really real when you have people that work for you and they have families, right? They have a wife, they got kids and they depend on you to run a good show and create opportunities for these individuals. Okay. So you're telling me, and this drives me too, and it'll be in my presentation tomorrow. You want to provide for the team because they're trusting in you. Correct. Right. And so you want to give them the opportunities. You got to build a company. Very interesting. You got to build. And I think when you, when you get to that nine to 12 club level, you're like a a happy, so I guess if you call a, a chief operating officer or a chief uh, or CEO executive, then you would be a happy executive officer because your job is essentially <laughs> to go around and make sure everyone's lives are good. And like, what's yeah. interesting is this, if you were to, somebody asked me a really good question. I was uh, speaking somewhere and somebody asked me, hey, Mike, what did you not expect to be doing when you had 9, 10, 12, 15, 20 clubs? Here's what I never expected. I never expected to go to our sit down with our team's families uh, once a week for eight weeks and do Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace mm, University. Very cool. Um, that's probably the part that I, that I miss the most now that we don't. That was really cool. Like all the mentoring, right? They never, never really, which really makes you sharp. It makes you, you have to grow because you yeah. have people that are depending on Counting you. on you. Yeah. Do you think that it worked in both directions as well, though? Because you had a desire to not only provide for them, right? Like you felt like a need to, but then as you're investing in them, you now feel like it's taking you that much further faster. Oh, for sure. I mean, anytime you teach, right? Sure. You, you get better. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, for sure. I mean, personal development for me and my and John and Chris was always, always a big deal. And we would always push and hustle our uh, our people and to learn. In fact, once a month they had a book to read or uh, something to listen to, and then we would discuss as part of the meetings. I mean, it was 
big B. We knew we could guarantee that someone is going to read at least 10 to 12 books a year if they work for our organization, right? But yeah, for sure. Like we did this deal called Anytime After Hours. What it was is we would bribe people with uh, quality beer and really, really good food on a Friday night. No one had to come, although we kind of strong muscle. Yeah, Yeah. it's a good good (laughs) idea. So for the first 20 minutes, it was socializing. And then it was some sort of a workshop that we would put on that had nothing to do with their daily skill set. Mm-hmm. had nothing to do with the Randy's ability to sell or influence other people. It was more so like basic day-to-day stuff. Like so Chris, my business partner, he did a workshop on relationships, right? My business partner, John, he did a, a pot or a podcast, a, uh, a workshop on how to like, or how to retire into a millionaire. Like the, very few people actually make a million bucks a year, but you can retire into one. And most people don't know we were offering 401k and less than half the company was actually taking advantage of it, right? Got it, yeah. I did one, uh, anyway, so so stuff like that is critical in building, right? The big teams, yeah. yeah. And how many employees did you get up to at one point? 140. 140 Um, people counting on you. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of pressure, man. A lot of people, oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Okay, so you've you've got these 21, 2021, you got these workshops happening, the after hours, so that's really cool. And you got these 140 employees that you're creating opportunities with. Okay. So then what happens? And I know what's impressive to me is that you got one, you offloaded. And I don't know if that was a plan. I don't know the, the whole story, well, but yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So I'll tell I guess, let me take you here. So 2015, something interesting happened. Uh, if you would have told me, Hey Mike, did you know that in 2015, a planet fitness is going to, is going to come into town of 20,000 or less? I would have bet you my year's salary, which wasn't much, uh, no, no effing way, right? but it did. And so we did some interesting things. Uh, none of it worked. And so my business partner and I were looking at our numbers, and this is uh, Greenfield, uh, Indiana, right? Average household income, about 51 or so, and top line, 20% down year over year, right? And so the problem with that is, is that there are a lot of realizations there. The problem with that is this, as you guys know, if, if the memberships stop coming in, my only way of generating personal training was new members, the existing, the biggest lesson for me was I cannot believe that that's the way that I operated is this. My entire PT business was totally 100% reactive, right? To what happens at the front door. So you never pushed unless you had to. There was no reason to, I never had a reason to question the status quo until I look at our numbers. And so PT, like it was healthy attrition, wasn't like, I didn't have a PT client that I was losing to a Planet Fitness, right? I just had a lot fewer people coming in and I'm like, gosh, what the F is it? So of course we got paranoid initially because I, Mm -hmm. I I, I went to a spreadsheet. I'm like, all right, so if the, if the, we keep doing and operating this way, plus the money that we have in our bank account, we have about this amount of time before we're done, right? And so. Yeah, I read a really good book called Great by Choice by Jim Collins, right? And in that book, he, he has a, an interesting terminology called productive paranoia, right? Okay. I love that, mm-hmm. right? Because the paranoia for the sake of paranoia is silly, right? It'll ultimately kill you. Eat, eat you up, yeah. yeah. Productive paranoia is, means you're planning. I love what Jocko Willick says, what he says about the enemy is coming, right? The enemy is coming. I don't know if you guys remember him saying that, the enemy is coming. So I wrote it in a big fat letters right in front of me where I have a little nook that I had in a small house that we lived in. Every time I go downstairs, the enemy is coming. I got to freaking out prepare and out maneuver the enemy. And we're saying the enemy's planet fitness. Well, for, and, well, for, for me at that point, that was my Goliath. That's right. That was the one. I mean, that's the only one. And this is the only positive thing I'm going to say about planet fitness is this. They made me better. <laughs> they made me think differently. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, I never had a reason to question the status quo. We thought we're really good with community. Bullshit. We thought we were so good with relationships or accountability or results, which is really what the business is all about. We weren't. But the price point that they came in at was enticing enough for people just to jump ship. Well, because, and that club was doing uh, fairly well. We did about 20, 25K a month in PT. The majority of our members were not PT clients. Right. And I had no funnels bringing PT business in. There you go. Right. And so, anyway, so I recognize that our business model is just not sustainable. So I went on this 90 day journey. This is really interesting. You know how you scroll down to Facebook, there's all these gurus that say, <laughs> hey, click here to make six <laughs> figures right in the PT business. So I did that for 90 days straight. I actually I clicked on it. Uh, you know, I gave my name, I gave my phone number. And as the guru, Right. If I'm your customer, I have a problem. And as the guru, you're supposed to have a solution. 
You're supposed to have a plan that's supposed to solve my problem. Okay. And so they're all trying to they're trying to get me to buy their stuff. I'm like, Tim, I'll buy all your stuff. I get it. But here's (laughs) what I need you to do. I have a real interesting question for you. I am looking for a gym, not a studio, right? Because gyms sell memberships first, Mm -hmm. PT second, studios, that's not how it operates. In a town of twenty thousand or less with a low cost competitor, particularly a Planet Fitness. That they were working with? Correct. Let's think about that. Could we have produced that? Could we have produced a, well, yeah, Cindy in her town of 10,000. Henderson. Yeah, she has a plan of fitness out there. Oh, I'm sure. Oregon. We crushed for um, her. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. You know what's funny is we got a lot of Anytime Fitnesses on board with us very, very early because you guys were making that transition to, to personal training, mm-hmm. and that's all we ever did. Yeah, you know, we like, still to we, this day. I took a call this week, and they're like, yeah, we need general gym members. And I'm like, oh. That's not what we do. Not your guy. Yeah, so <laughs> well, cool. And in 2015, 2016, I didn't, you didn't come up on my feet. Like, yeah. well, <laughs> like, well, we weren't marketing. Sure. We mm-hmm. grew so fast by word of mouth. And I'll have this on presentation tomorrow. Zero marketing for 16 months. So 2015 to nearly 2017, no marketing. We didn't need to. We couldn't keep up with the business. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so we did our, you know, and that's how that funnel was in, like the click funnel award that we got and everything. 1.4 million in nine months mm-hmm. with no marketing. So it was just me and him. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Go time, right? Everything. Yeah, no kidding. So that's interesting. Okay. So you went down this rabbit hole. Yeah. I pray for you. I don't know why, if, why you would ever do something like that. <laughs> well, yes, I can't get them out of my feet now. It's, they're still plaguing my you can, feet. You can click the top right button. There's three buttons. Stop seeing this. Stop at, seeing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay, this. I'll do that. I actually know that. I, don't I know do why that all the time. I block all of them. But what's interesting, so I talked to all these people, right? And they, I asked the question, of course, it's crickets. No, no one, no one, but they all could give me, hey, but listen, I got this CrossFit guy. Dude, he's crushing. You got to talk to him. Or I got this one lady. You got to talk to her. And so, of course, I took a name and a phone number, and they're all studios, and I've talked to all of them, and, and, and I started just kind of collecting some data, and they all had a lot of common denominators, right? And so, and I came to a conclusion, I'm like, all right, so either one, the studio or this gym does not exist, or two, I just don't know that someone or someone that knows someone. Yep. And, uh, and three, okay, what is the most obvious solution here? <laughs> Right, and it's right there in front of me. The most obvious solution is, dude, you got to operate a little bit more like a studio and yep. just a little bit less like a gym. I'm like, all right, well. So then, in at that point, who do we know that runs a sick studio? And that's we. That's how I found Rick Mayo, and we went. Uh, I took my business partners to what I call a, a taste of fitness. We went to Alpha, or I went to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. We visited about five different gyms and walked into Rick's freaking place on a Tuesday or Wednesday. It was a zoo. I'm like, I have never <laughs> felt mm-hmm. this electricity before in my gym. I'm like, sure. you've got to, I, I want like a tenth of this, yeah, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, so then, you know, that was cool. And then I, I said, Rick, those are important things. I, uh, but to me, like one of the things we did a really good job with is tracking our clients. So every eight weeks we do evaluations with our, with our fitness clients and we track data. We assess our clients three different ways, aesthetically, mechanically, and we assess their performance, right? And essentially, just a bunch of data points. And then we, every eight weeks, we sit down with our trainers. We take a look to see, okay, Tim, let's talk about Randy. So uh, we take a look at Randy's numbers. What's Randy's goal? Is he on track with the goal that he sought out to accomplish since day one? Mm-hmm. And it's either yes 
or no. It's, right. There's no, there's nothing in between. And I don't know is not an answer, Tim. <laughs> you get paid to know. You have to know, right? And so, and we've always done a really good job tracking that. And so when I looked at our clients, about five or six out of 10 of our clients were on track with their fitness goals, right? That they set out to accomplish since day one. And of course, when I looked at our attrition, it's about, or it's about, it was about 44%. I'm like, well, that's an interesting comparison. So I asked Rick, I said, I said, Rick, okay, yeah, your numbers are great. That's cool. That's fine. Tell me what your retention is. And that's when I was sold. I mean, he says, <laughs> you know, 80% retention. I'm like, I don't even care what you do with the clients now. Like, I mean, if you beat them over the head with a foam roller at two o'clock in the morning, I'll do it, right? So anyways, we made that switch. And then the other question, we pivoted. We pivoted by generating about $440,000 between two programs that I'm about to tell you to, to make our business more resistant and more resilient against a low-cost competitor. Right. So then the other question is, I asked myself is this, uh, so what are the two lowest like hanging fruits right now that we're not picking because we think we're too busy or it might require a new skill set. And anytime you learn anything new, you suck at it. Right. (laughs) So we don't like to role play when it comes to selling. Right. So I came up with two things. Actually, it was one of them was Ageless Fitness which is a program created by Dan uh, Ritchie and Cody Seip. I don't know yep. if you guys, yep. Functional Aging Institute. Yeah, those guys are great. I didn't realize that they were, they were only like two and a half hours freaking away from, oh, cool. you know, they're in West Lafayette, right? So we went and visited those guys. We had a ton of paper visit clients. We were, all, we were always selling PT, but no one in our town was like an expert in working with folks that are, that are 55 and up. Yep, sure. So anyways, that was that. And so, then- so uh, you, you bolted that in as a, as a program. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, then, yeah, we went over there. Yeah, got all their stuff. Had uh, Dan come in. He onboarded a few of our clubs, and then I onboarded the rest of our clubs. When I say the rest, we implemented the program at about nine of our clubs. Okay. Right? And the other program was this. So this was the question. I love questions. There's a Warren Berger wrote a really good book called A More Beautiful Question. And A More Beautiful Question is a question that challenges the status quo. Like if you Google- how do I work out? Like millions of websites. But if you Google, how do I work out on my right leg using a TRX, right? You know, with my eyes closed, for example, you will get like 10 websites, right? <laughs> right. And so the, it's, the most important thing isn't to find necessarily the answer. It's the question, right? Because the answer is there. What's the question, right? Anyways, so the question was this. If a company, like if your teeth don't feel good, you go see a dentist. If your car breaks down, you go see a mechanic. Mm-hmm. When your business has a problem with, the, say, the health of their organization, why don't they call a local prevention expert in town, which is you guys or me? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great freaking question. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know the answer to that question. Right. So I started, asked, I started talking to my clients. I'm like, why, why, why don't you call me? Like, you know, how, how much money did you guys spend? You know, I'm talking about like our most, most trusted clients, right? And then, yep. oh, we're, every year it's more and more money we're, we're claiming. Like, what the? Like, come on. Like, this is what we do. Well, and the answer was this. It was so obvious. It's like, well, Mike, we didn't know that you also do corporate wellness. We thought that the only thing you do is memberships and PT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, shit. Okay. Well, sounds good. I guess uh, so now we're doing corporate. Now we're doing that. Okay. So I, I found out there's a lady by the name of Trina Gray. She's out, out of, uh, I think it's Alpena, Michigan. She wrote a book called Corporate Fit Challenge. I bought her book. She's done the thing. And I don't want to recreate anything. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, and I just ran her stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, we implemented nine of our clubs. Anyways, between those two programs, because we have to find a solution. Remember, if we keep doing what we're doing, we're done. Sure. We're going to cease to exist. You have to figure out a way. And so, and not only have to figure out a way, but my trainers needed to be the ones that go out and generate Definitely. the business. So between Corporate Fit Challenges and uh, Ageless Fitness, we did about 440000 bucks in revenue in a year, which isn't a whole lot, actually. If you break it down per club, it's not that much. But- it's the people, th- these people would have never purchased anything from us if we didn't it's go new, out. It's new. Yeah. It's new revenue. And the trainers did it. Beautiful. Okay. So trainers, in what we spoke about in the episode with supplements with uh, Ryan. Ryan. Mm-hmm. If you don't have your trainers on board, then nothing works because you have to have to have that buy-in. If they're, if you're going to say, hey, got this new corporate wellness thing, go ahead and do it. They, it just falls flat, yeah. right? Yeah. So you have to have this buy-in. You have to have the, the reasoning behind it. They have to be you know, to push it. So yeah. You guys know who Ernest Shackleton is? No, not a fan. It's really interesting. Ernest Shackleton, there's a book about him called The Endurance. And essentially he wanted to be the first one to get there. I think it was North Pole. And what's interesting is when he is like in early 1900s, right? So he put a, 
an ad out in the paper that says, looking for X amount of men. It would be the first six-week challenge. Right? Looking for X amount of uh, men. Return is doubtful. doubtful. Right? It yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. Glory, like forever, right? Like that sort of deal. Extremely dangerous. You will most likely die. Volunteer at this place. Something like that. All right? That was kind of like the deal that I, that I used uh, with, my, with my personal training managers. I mm-hmm. said, listen, this will be very flippant painful. You're going to get rejected. Right. And you're not going to get paid for this because I have no, because there's no money that's generated. Until just you yet. generate it. Correct. Who's in, right? <laughs> I had like three people raise their hand, like, I'm in, I'm ready to do it. So that's how it kind of got started. And then those guys became somewhat successful. And then I had got a, I had a few other people. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So you went out. Yep. So you, in reaction to the, the club coming in, you decided to then turn and become proactive in the other locations to right. protect them from the enemy. That's right. So, okay. So now we're all fortified up and we're good to go, right? Right. I'm trying to take you down the path here. I just, I got it. No, for sure. So there's two, there's two questions. And I asked you just before this. So you were building clubs from scratch or you were buying clubs that were going under? That's a good question. So we built 11 or 12 clubs. I can't recall. And we purchased nine to 10. And they were already in the brand? Correct. Anytime clubs. Okay. Can you share what you would purchase a club for? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, one of our clubs we purchased for as low as I think it was like thirty-five thousand bucks, and that um, came with the equipment, the space. You took over the lease. Took over the lease. Yep, it came with a moldy shower. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> there you go. What's <laughs> Some crazy bad. about that whole deal is that with the moldy shower, equipment like not maintained, treadmills are screeching. Members still there, you know, paying for membership. So the club was not making was losing money. Mm-hmm. Right. It was somewhat breaking even. So, but it was worth it to us because there was no PT at all. That's what you looked at. For like, sure. And we knew that we could grow the membership base. Just do the basics, like <laughs> clean the club, right? Get rid of the mold in the shower. <laughs> Be nice to people. Say hello. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the basics. Right. And so, in, in, in up to, you know, 85, 100,000 bucks for, uh, for a club. But still, I mean, to open up a brand new anytime fitness, I mean, you're talking. Probably low end, 400, high end, probably that's, seven, eight hundred thousand. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so you're going out, you had cash or you had money guys, or you were just go. I mean, because to buy 20, let's just say you started with one, 20 new ones at 100 grand, that's 2 million. Right. So where'd that money come from? Yeah, it's a good question. We're extremely disciplined when right. it comes to, and that's actually a really interesting concept. Like when you're looking, like your business partners, like I, you almost have to pick your business partners like more carefully than you do your spouse, your, your wife, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you really do because you got to be on the same page in terms of spending, saving, growth. And we were, and we all, three of us, we all believe in uh, Dave Ramsey. We all believe uh, cash is king. And so we, for the most part, cash flowed the whole thing. We wouldn't, if we can't pay for it in cash, we don't buy it, right? Nice. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we had a line of credit, but it was just there for as a security blanket for, if anything, we hardly touched it, yeah, hardly, sure. hardly ever used it. So, but yeah, that's, that's how it was very, very challenging to do. By the way, also one for, for 15 years, you see what your company is, you know, at least the top line is, then you take a look at your profit. I'm like, oh, it doesn't mm. fucking reflect my, my <laughs> bank account at all, right? So one, they, they, the tax returns look really good, right? Yeah, IRS but, is catching theirs. Yeah. Okay. So, so then all of a sudden the time comes when you have an offer. Yeah. So what, what's interesting is, so I mean, why do we, if we're doing so good, if we pivoted, like, why the hell do you sell? It's like, like the, probably like one question I get asked the most, especially from any time, if you're so good, Mike, like, why did you sell? Well, whoever tells you that work-life balance can exist nope. has never worked a day in their life. Just talk about we that talked a couple, about it. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's, it's just life. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and if you think about it, anything great always happens out of balance. Always. Like, I, mean, I remember when I used to wrestle, it's like always out of balance. I did, uh, you know, a couple of bodybuilding shows. Man, it's like well, there is, no I am here, right? But the problem is you can't live here. Right? You can't live here either, right? There's seasons, right? And it's okay to be in the season, but you can't, as I said, live in the season we did for 15 years. So we just said, maybe it's time to put Anytime Fitness Sack in our place, in ourselves. Well, and that's totally okay. And I think one of the biggest things that most gym owners, myself included, is there isn't an exit plan. You're just going down this path. And I think that's the wrong way to do it. And you probably didn't have an exit plan when you started either. And I think if more gym owners would start with the end in mind, and a lot of business coaches teach you this, but it's hard to tell a 20, whatever, one, 28, 29 year old guy 
or girl, well, because, like, hey, you got to think about when this is over. Like, dude, I'm just starting. Yeah. Right. And nobody thinks about selling when you're doing well. Not to say that we were doing poorly. In fact, I'll show you some numbers tomorrow. We had the most profitable years around the time that we sold our clubs, right? But if we were really smart, we probably should have sold our clubs back in 2015. Nothing to do with Planet Fitness, just because that's when we did our best our best numbers. But best nobody, valuations. Yeah, like when nobody, nobody necessarily thinks about that way, but you're absolutely right. And that's whatever the next adventure that we have, that will be one of the questions. Like, how do we know? When it's time. Correct. Do you have that answer? I don't know if I have that answer. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, for everybody, it's going to be different. Here's, I, I would say to you this. How do you know when it's time? I think it's a combination of a couple of things. Oh, one, how are you doing mentally? Okay. Right? To me, at least, right? And then, and then two, are you doing well? Like, sell when you're doing well, right? And then three, like, are you, are you leading right now? Are you lagging in whatever, whatever is it that you're mm-hmm. doing, right? And so- in 2015, man, we were leading. Mm-hmm. We were crushing it, right? We were doing really, really well. And so with that momentum, you're not thinking about dumping this, Correct. right? That Correct. you would never think that. But now that I've had that experience, I would think the that. Hindsight. Correct. Yeah. There's, there's got to be psychology around that because they talk about that with professional athletes. You know, the Michael Jordans of the world. When Michael Jordan was at the top of his game, he walks away, but then it was, oh, well, I missed that. Like yeah. right back into it. Like he doesn't, didn't have something else to put you know, his time and attention. He into went into baseball. Yeah, the, he did. He yeah, played yeah. for the White he played, Sox. Yeah. And How the, crazy but, was that? And then horrible. he's back in the Wizards and now he's, then he owns the Wizards and like he, he well, went back into the. George St. Pierre, right? I mean, he's the at the, yeah, he is at the top of his game. Right. And he retired. I mean, he, there's nothing for him to prove uh, anymore. I mean, dude, how many times has he defended his yeah. title? Right. Yeah. And so he's smart. So someone, someone yeah. wise had some serious conversations with him. And he, I read an article about him. He said, I want to retire from the sport, partly because he wasn't enjoying it as much anymore. Right? But the other part was like, so listen, I, I feel good right now. Like I don't have any injuries. My head is great. Like I enjoy what I'm doing right now. A lot of people wonderful. aren't thinking that way. No. Right. They're all in. And it's, it's interesting. So that's an awesome story. Okay. So you got this one by, so when, and I asked you this on the very first yeah. call. It's like, is this like 20 individual buyers or is this like, how did that work? And after talking to Rick quite a bit about yeah. money guys and investment firms and guys that are having portfolios, they're typically not gym guys and girls. Right. They're coming from margins and profit loss and portfolio and diversification. So it sounded like you got one guy that yeah. was just building his portfolio. But it wasn't even a portfolio. It was just one guy he was looking to get into the fitness business. But there's so much money being dumped right now in the fitness industry. More franchises, as you guys know, are oh, opening yeah. up, right? I mean, more members than ever been now are members of gyms and studios. Like, And so because of that, right, it's uh, you know only 20% of the population right now is a member of, of a gym, according to URSA. 80%. It's like the golden rush. Like, right, everybody sees the gold and they're dumping cash into it. So you have a lot of venture capital firms that are carving out 10, 20, 50, 100 million bucks and putting it towards the fitness business. But this guy wasn't necessarily like this. Very intelligent, very smart. He made his money elsewhere and he just mm-hmm. wanted to be in the fitness business. Actually was a member of, of Planet, didn't like it. Hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it, so keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. That was, that was the only reason he took his call. <laughs> oh, you don't like Planet Fit? Okay, come on in. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, we can meet. We can meet. We, we'll, we'll talk. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, he wanted to take care of people. He wanted to focus on being more personable. And he knew that, uh, you know, with four, five, six thousand members, that's just not going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Plus his own experience there. And so, yeah, he just wanted to be in the fitness business. But yeah, he had no, no experience whatsoever when it comes to part of the reason he was interested in our business is because we had a really strong upper management like team. Like organizational yeah. plan. But right? 10 district managers have been with us on an average five plus years. I mean, for the most part, right? And, and two regionals that, uh, I mean, they're, for the most part, they're running. Right, the show, right? And that's mm-hmm. very appealing to a yeah. guy like him. Yeah. 
Yeah. So cool. So you, you did that. Boom. Good for you guys. You got some cash or whatever that, that looks like. And now you got some time. You can breathe a little bit. You got the one club, which yep. is still cool because you can stay in, in the game. Yep. I know that's probably one of the reasons you kept it, right? And you know, got your business partners. What's what's Mike doing these days? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you real quick. The reason the reason we uh, we still have that one club is because the club wasn't doing well, and the guy that bought our business, he was smart. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, man, like I, I don't want this club, right? And and I don't blame him, right? It, it, because oh, okay. I dropped the ball with it. My regional manager dropped the ball with it. I mean, it's a dog. Like, listen, when you got twenty one clubs, they're not all crushing it. No, sure. you got like four or five that are killing it, and you got like you know ten. 15 that are doing okay. You have a few that are freaking dogs. They're <laughs> awful, right? So, and that was one of those clubs. And it's like, what, whatever, Bob, we'll keep the club. We don't want, we'll do the deal anyway. And that's how we end up with the club. In hindsight, I'm glad that we did. We've tripled the revenue now. It's great. I mean, it, it allows me to do some cool things. Yeah, listen, I don't have a, I have two speeds, right? I go faster, I go faster. And so <laughs> with me, like the most stressful part to me about 21 clubs had nothing to do with Planet Fitness, had nothing to do with lead generation, nothing to do with sales staffing yep. that is a oh my goodness i will tell you i've had opportunities that i've turned down i had golden opportunities that you if i told you the situation you'd be like tim you are so dumb for not doing this it's because of the staff yeah. i didn't want to find these these unicorns that i have here and i got to duplicate them and that's truly not the way to scale obviously you want systems to just plug and play people but mm-hmm. i've got such a great team here i've built myself out of this place i don't want to go back into it yeah. so I mean, eventually, I think I've got some new plans coming up, but yes, the staffing it's, plan. It's, so it's, that's it's, always it's, well, the Especially, headache. think about this, right? So you guys are in a nice part of town, and uh, you guys are in a bigger city, and so you might get somebody who's qualified, right? Meaning certified. They might even have a degree. They they might actually look good and present themselves <laughs> well to walk in. Hey, I actually have a job right now. I'm not actually entirely unemployed. Mm-hmm. Like in small town Ohio, small town Indiana? Get out of here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Can't find no. anybody like so that. So we started breeding our own trainers. Like there's no such, I, I stopped looking for trainers. I started looking for really good people. People that wanted to, uh, to get out of a factory and wanted to help people. People that love talking about exercise. Of course, it worked out themselves. You got to live the health, the, the fitness lifestyle. Love talking to people. I don't give two loads about their education, yeah. about yeah. exercise, Simon, none of that stuff, right? And so we had systems to onboard you properly and teach you the skill set, the scale, or the sales skill set, the technical skill set. And we, you know, within six months, you were NASM certified, right? And you've had countless hours of sales training. You were legitimate. I think uh, I overheard Rick, of course, talk about something similar to that. I mean, that, that's how you got to do it. Yeah. Right. If somebody walked into my gym, let's say it's Randy, right? And he said, hey, Mike, yeah, I've been working for you know, 10 plus years in gyms. And he's got this resume. I'm like, What's wrong with you? What, what, why don't you have a job, right? Right? I, I'll, I'll talk you out of working with me. I will find every reason for, for why you should. And, and it might be a legitimate reason. Well, sure. Right? And if it is, great. Or the other end of the spectrum, they're not coachable. You right. Know, they're, too, right. they're too solidified in, in where they've been or what they know or what they think. Yeah. They know that, everything. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, too educated, too overly. I, we're just I, stuck. I, we had that same problem. So we were hiring the best of the best. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? If I'm going to do this gym, I'm going to have the best CSCS coaches, we were deep into that, and I remember this. This is I had a coach. He was um, he got his master's degree, so he had the CSCS with distinction. This is this little symbol that they put on that means you're the best of the CS. No kidding. You're not, I didn't realize that with that was distinction. A thing. <laughs> you have to have a master's degree. Okay, okay, check this out. Comes in my office literally the day after he graduates. I want to raise. I go. You want to raise? Why? What, what's going on, man? I love it. I want to raise, I have my master's degree now and I'm more, we can market that as we can make more money that way, but I need to get a raise now. I go, dude, you're not getting a raise. You're the same dude that you were just here Friday. Now it's Monday and you're, you want to raise because you got this, I didn't pay for your education. Like dude, you, you did that on your own. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome that you're, you're more educated now, but you bring more value, bring more revenue well, in and you get more, bring you more done? value to the table. Exactly. What have you done? Like, that's great that you got, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to go and attract a client, step one, sell them a training program, Step two. get them to refer somebody to the gym, step three, help them become successful, oh. and then renew their program. If you can do that over the next 12 months with 50 of your clients, I'll pay you whatever you want to make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was this kind of like, you know, I'm the best kind of beat my chest. I deserve more. So I've had that kind of coach. I've had uh, teachers, like I've had professors at college universities that have master's degrees with CSCS and all that. They were coaches here. 
And the problem with those coaches are they're so ingrained in the human movement and the yeah. human body. They're trying to teach on the floor about ankle dorsiflexion and, you know, like your white, you <laughs> know, like you're so as is tight. Up, stuck on a result and not the client experience. And they're just trying to coach and educate a client that doesn't give a rat's ass about. <laughs> right. They just want to move and feel better. That's and right. so that she, well, I don't want to name the name. Uh, co the yeah. coach would uh, would slow the session down, and we would get complaints. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. When I found this uh, this company that uh, we we were utilizing for our um, medical billing sort of uh, yeah. mm -hmm. right, one of the processes is you have to uh, start, of course, interviewing these registered dietitians, right? And these are medical professionals. Uh, they're at the lowest uh, part of the totem pole, sort of say, in the hospital, mm -hmm. but they are a medical. Professional, sure, right, and so we uh, we found this guy. I'm not gonna say name, but we found this dude. And here's and here's the bottom line: like he cared more about being right. There you go. Than about the outcome that he's producing, and I disagree. That's a big. That's a quality that a lot of people have. I myself, perfect example. I used to be obsessive about that. Like I would argue the most pointless point just, just to, be to be right. right. Just yeah. it was just the way that I was always yeah. ingrained, and then I realized like. It's a lot more important on the way that you leave the situation yeah. than and, and being the guy. Bottom line, there you go. Does it produce outcomes? And he's trying to, like, you know, as you guys know, you guys work with many, many clients. Clients ask you lots and lots and lots of questions, and you can't be in the middle when you're answering the question. Mm -hmm. You got to lead and guide. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, one of the most basic questions I asked them, I, I said, "All right, so, like, if 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 a client asks you, hey, should I or should I not eat artificial sweeteners?" Right. Answers. Yes <laughs> or no? Like, what would you? And then it depends. That's not an answer. No. Yes or no? Well, it depends if they're. No, oh. no, no, no. Just no. Right? And so he's yeah. trying to tell me all sorts of. Re I get it, but bottom line, that stuff is toxic. No, it shouldn't be good. It's not good for you. If you cannot eat it, great. And you know, if if and if you have to, it's okay. But try to if you can just do that. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> the education man gets in the way. We yeah. look for positive people that are more like the pat on the back coach who rock style coach yeah. since we made that change clients love it they stay they yeah. love it they're high-fiving like look i don't want you to hurt the client out there i need you to have some brain power behind your programming and, and how you're doing stuff but just be a person that cares about the client and that's interesting right because when we had a 21 clubs 140 employees listen if i had the entire company were like my top five trainers in the organization i would have never i would have never done anything with rick mayo because they were crushing it. These individuals were renewing seven out of 10 clients, right? Every single year. I Listen, that's a heck of a business you can build if you're renewing seven out of 10 clients, right? But the rest of the company wasn't like that, right? We were, we were renewing 56% of our clients. That's mm -hmm. seven out of 10 clients, right? Comes back to like one of the reasons that I think that it works in your facility, especially in, I'm sure you can attest to the same reason, for the same reason, the client experience and the programming is set yeah. by the facility. Correct. Not the person, not exactly. Right. So you don't need somebody with a million different tools in their mind because yeah. their job is not, let me go decipher every aspect of this and make this yep. movement pattern better necessarily. They follow no, the plan. They follow the plan and yeah. they, they execute the plan that the facility is dictating as, you know, a 10. That's the right plan. And, and bottom line, like, why does someone even hire a coach? Like, why do I have to sit down with Mrs. Jones and tell her, hey, you know, you shouldn't go to McDonald's three days a week because this stuff is bad for you, right? I'm like, why do I have to say to someone, hey, grilled is better than fried? Like, we know if inherently we know what the right thing is, then why don't you do the one thing that you know you ought to be need to be doing already? So with that said, why do I even hire a coach? It's not necessarily for me to tell them, hey, you should be doing this or this. No, it's to close the gap, whatever's holding you back from doing the one thing. That's yeah. right. Accountability, that's, yep. Accountability. That's all it is, right? I think Martin Rooney said this in one of his discussions and it was the best thing I ever heard. It's like, broccoli. You know you need to eat broccoli. That's Broccoli's right. good for you. You know this is the, the powerful anti-cancer, anti, like there's so many great properties about broccoli, but why aren't you eating well, it? That's right. Why aren't you just eat? And so they ended it like eat the broccoli. Is you know, the T like, TFW doing it right this month? Yeah, just eat the broccoli. <laughs> it's broccoli month for for some. Is it? Had this conversation with one of our clients. Well, it makes clients. complete yeah. sense. This Every, is broccoli month. There's not a person on the planet from? that <laughs> yeah. doesn't agree that broccoli yeah. is probably one of the best foods you can eat. But yet 
they're not eating it. Why? We, right? He, he's great. We actually brought in Martin Rooney in our organization <laughs> one, uh, one year. Eat uh, the he's, uh, Give him the pickle. Give him the pickle. <laughs> he's awesome. Yeah, he's a great motivator. <laughs> he's a he's great a good person. Man. Oh, yeah. What a, I mean, he's just, his stories are incredible. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So, but anyway, so, but going back to what we're saying, you asked me, what is it that I'm doing now? The thing that stressed me out the most, I love our business. I love what we do. I love the opportunity to help people improve the quality of, I love the mission statement of our franchise and that's to raise the self-esteem of the world. I love it. What a big, hairy, audacious, I can get behind that. So the, the thing that stressed me out the most wasn't the business. It was the fact that the staff, that was, so now that there's no staff, I'm like, look, dude, Deep like, breath. yeah, it's, it's good to go. Right. So. Ever since we sold, we have uh, just a bunch of people, a bunch of Anytime guys. We've won all sorts of different awards within the Anytime brand, so people know us pretty well. And so they've been reaching out. They're like, man, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this? And so mm-hmm. I kind of fell into it. What I love it is doing some consulting work. Okay. So I'm doing quite a bit of that. I'm very fascinated in bridging the gap between the fitness community and the medical community. That is interesting. Um, yeah. I think there is a, in my, it's a blue ocean. Like no one is really in that space, or at least if they are, they're, I have not heard of them if they're not doing it well. Well, right. Yeah. That's exactly, they're not scaling, right? So I'm really interested in that whole component. So we're doing some stuff there. I love the whole uh, ageless uh, fitness component uh, as well. So I think there's going to be some big opportunities. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Canada. Uh, we got a client in Canada. They've got that healthcare thing knocked down because oh, yeah. well, it's it's healthcare for all it's up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they every person that's a Canadian gets some amount of money to spend on. They have to have a chiropractor on staff, which they do. The chiropractor gives them the prescription, and they just pay the gym through the insurance. It's like boom. He'll be at this event. It's like, so, yeah, it's, oh, like, it's yeah, like prescribed so be, fitness. Essentially. I, well, obviously, it's Canada versus United States, but he's, they've got it figured out up there. Okay. And so That's you should chat with him. Sure. Uh, see, network, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, there we go. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I'm amazed by it. And he's not tapping in in marketing the way he should be. He's like, sure. well, I don't want to. No, you, this is free money for you as yeah. a business. They need it. They have it. If they don't use it, they lose it. Like, mm-hmm. what's the difference? Right. So we put together some campaigns and he's going after some. Great. Yeah, for the insurance play. So so that's a big deal. I uh, like the anti-aging or the ageless. It, uh, yeah. That's a good play. So yeah, I mean, lots of good stuff happening. I, I do like the Rick's model going to the a little bit older, whatever. And Yeah, he's smart. He's smart. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got know, Rick, man. You got a lot of plugs on this show. He sat in this chair two weeks ago and he was- He's, he's, on he's, kept, he's kept it pretty warm. You know, I, I'll, I'll give Rick, when, man, when we, tr- when we were transitioning, like we got 21 gyms. We were 30-minute one-on-one business, and then and essentially we decided that's the wrong business model, right? And our clubs were averaging about 17, 18K per month. I had a club that was doing 50, I had a club that was doing five, Ugh. <laughs> right? And that's the play. No one really knew how to do it, right, other than, than Rick. And I, I said, Rick, like, I need help. Mike, I got you. I was like, he didn't even know when he said that. Like, yeah. I locked myself. I told my wife, listen, don't bother me. I need, like... 16, 20 hours of me time. I have to read all this stuff. I had like two pages worth of notes. I was on the phone with the guy for five hours. Man, he was very generous with his time. I'll forever be grateful because he pivoted our entire business. I mean, he here's what he said. He said, three, Mike, three things are going to happen. One, your business is going to be more profitable. Two, your trainers are going to make more money. And three, you're going to retain more clients. I'm like, Ugh. how is it possible <laughs> business making more money? I'm cool with that. More profitable. I get that. And the trainers are making more money. Like, sun crack? What are we doing? Yeah. Right. So it, it happened. I, I was spoiled. I didn't realize in 2010 when I flew out to meet Rick mm-hmm. for the first time, he gave me this and I ran with it from 2010 on. And it's in my presentation. I have a picture of my time that I, I paid him 1500 bucks and I spent two no, days kidding. with him. We went to dinner and okay. he just, I followed him around his gym for two days. I brought my fitness director and my wife. We all went out there. Was and he licensing back then? No. no. He was North Point. No, North Point, yeah. Okay. So I have okay. the picture. It says North Point. I had Joe. Joe was his director. Yeah. And, you know, he's not there anymore. And I brought my guy, Todd. We just sat down and we just hashed it out. I go, here's what I'm doing. I'll never forget this. Uh, we go to dinner. He's like, yeah, we're going to go to dinner tonight. Cool. Come on. And of course, an anytime model, which was the model I was following, sure. it still wasn't an anytime because the story I told you right, got, right, got right. shut down. I had a wall-to-wall equipment in there, just equipment everywhere. I just bought it. I was leasing. I was paying it off. Like I had three years left on the deal. It was, I was eight months in. He's like, hey, go ahead and draw your gym out here on this napkin. And I put, you know, like over here, I got the Smith machine. I got this leg press, cable fly, boom, 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 all the bodybuilder stuff, right? Oh, I remember. It, you, you, <laughs> I used it all. You love, he loves it. 
And he takes out this red marker. He's like, okay, so let's go ahead and get rid of this, 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 and this. Like the whole thing. I go, D- the whole thing. All get rid of all of it. And I remember what he said. He's like, man, if you're going to switch this model, which is personal training, right. space is the best equipment you right. can have. Yeah. None of this garbage. Yeah. And I was like, God damn. So I sold it and for pennies on the dollar. I had it in storage for like a year trying to get rid of. I was piecing, piecing it out. It yeah. I was trading it. I was giving it to other gyms. I gave it to a school. Like, like I got rid of it. Mm-hmm. I still owed fifty, sixty thousand sure. dollars sure. in equipment. You just got it. Brand new, right? Pre core and all the Ugh. good stuff. All the yeah. best best of the best, right? right? Right. And I just over time paid it off, switched the model. We exploded. Yeah. Yeah. And and really in this area, and I know you you mentioned it like, hey, it's a really nice area. I had the wrong model here. This sure. the, the people here, they don't want basic membership. No. They want training that's right they want cra- they want and they the can't kind of, afford to pay for it that's absolutely right. yeah and so i won't go into the reason why i went that way because i was had a consultant sure. before rick that guided me down the wrong street but right. anyways i remember and so i didn't realize what i had and well obviously i did Gosh. i changed it because i could have come back and be like that guy's full of shit back there i'm not <laughs> doing this my ego wasn't bit like too big because i came into this as a business owner, I looked at this as a way to make revenue, not to train. I didn't want to be a trainer. I was like, dude, this is a business to make money. And right. if I'm not making money now, I better make the change. So That's I had to right. flip the switch overnight. Sure. sure. Yeah, but, and it speaks inter- to what you said. Yeah. Well, it's inter- interesting you say that. So when we transitioned uh, out of 30 minute one on one into team and, and SGT, the focal point of our gyms was the freeway floor, was the cardiovascular area. And essentially, we were a gym for everyone. When we pivoted, we essentially got at the place, put the, the, our turf smack in the middle. So when you walk into the gym, it looks like a gym, but it kind of feels like a studio. Like, what's, right? this, what's this turf? Right. Like, and, that was so, and, and when that happened, we identified who we're not really good at with, right? Who are the people that we don't do our best work with? compared to who are the people we do write our best work with. It's really, really interesting how the whole thing uh, happened. And so much like you, it was very painful for us to take out all this equipment that yeah. essentially didn't make any sense because it wasn't even congruent with the programming right. that we were running, right? We had all sorts of crunching BS at the kid. <laughs> and it's like, dude, Dr. Sue McGill, have you read his research? No, I haven't, Rick. Like, what's <laughs> the research, right? And so I read it. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. I can't Got believe rid I'm doing of it, this. right? Yeah, absolutely. Instantly. So here's the takeaway that I'm gonna just throw out on the table. Look, there's people that have been there before you and they know what they're doing. Hire those people and learn from the best. And I'm not saying that I'm the best or you're the best. There's people out there, read the books. Don't yeah. be too hard at it to make the change. Make the change that you need. Like you pivoted, I gutted, same play, and now here we are today, right? And do it from a place, like to, to your point earlier, try and be proactive. If you can see the issue coming, Make a call, do something until you don't want to be in the position where it's a dire need, the door is going to be closed, you have no other way out, and you can't even get the funding for the help to yep. move into action. Yep. Be proactive. Be proactive. Yeah, I, I mean, and be conservative and disciplined with your dollars. I can tell you, and, and this is John Spence, my business partner, that's, that's his skill set. He's really, really good at that. I can tell you. So it costs us, you guys are going to, you know, shit a brick when I tell you how much it costs us. Right? So it, for like 20 months, we, uh, for the most part, converted most of, most of our clubs uh, about 100 grand a month. Right? So we spent 2 million bucks, cash flowed the whole thing, didn't borrow any money. Your problems are going to be so much greater than they need to be. And that's really the definition of stress. It's making things bigger than what they actually are. Mm-hmm. Now, when you got no money in your bank account, right? Oh my, everything seems so large, right? And so I would say if there was a, if you're planning on scaling, that is a skill set that must be, gosh, but, mastered, right? And stay conservative. And, and as silly as that may sound, cash is king. If you can't afford to pay it in cash, then you should, then you have no business buying it. And then, you know, as you said, like smart people learn from their mistakes. Wise people learn from other people's other people mistakes. <laughs> like, and so my business partner and I are like, I am done, first of all, taking advice from other people that have never done, done the it. thing. Yep. Like, I am so, like, tell me. So Ray Dalio wrote a really good book called Principles. And one of his principles is this. Uh, tell me why you deserve to have an opinion. I love that. I wish I 
have read the book a long time ago, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that shuts down your entire Facebook guru I was just going to say, all the gurus just right, checked them off. Tell me, like, tell me why you deserve <laughs> to have an opinion. That's right. Yeah. So what's interesting, and it's one, one last thing I'll tell you. So the business model that we had wasn't the greatest business. So when we pivoted to team training yesterday, this is something interesting happened. We opened up Greencastle, Indiana, one of our clubs. Sounds um, like a bustling town. Well, there's a lot of, you know, in Indiana, there's a lot of castles and there's a lot of greens. <laughs> so what's cool is we opened that a club with this team training business model in place since day one. Never happened before. Our first club, brand new club. In the first 12 months, our membership remit and our PT remit equaled. Nice. That has never happened in uh, the 14 years prior to us, like running the business. Mm -hmm. So. My uh, claim is this, that if we would have had this since day one, just a better business plan, gosh, we would have been doing average club, would have been doing 35, 40K a month versus 17 to 18. The reason I know I'm right is because of the club that we did. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyways. Now you know. Live and learn. So awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, I mean, you guys are great. Thanks for I'm having me. I'm excited uh, for tomorrow. Tomorrow's event. I mean, this is all coming together. This is a thing. <laughs> it's all actually going to be real tomorrow, which is pretty cool for me. I mean, we've oh, been yeah. working on it. Having you here is awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yep. Absolutely. Guys, until next time, we'll see you on the next episode. Keep changing lives. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win. Now, do you want to connect with me and other gym owners online? All you got to do is join our private Facebook group, Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals right now. Just head on over to Facebook and type in Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals. And when you join, we're going to give you free access to our 10 fitness marketing strategies, seven-figure gym owners use to win. All right, I look forward to you joining us next time on the Built to Grow podcast. Keep building something great.